Dobre večer. Tutaj William. Vitaiče nasotogodnjovem potsumovanju polskik irlandskik vidimosci zemna. William Murphy. Our main stories this week include Andrzej Duda secures a second five-year term in office as President of Poland with a 51% to 49% victory over Rafał Trzaskowski on a near-record turnout. Polish voters in Ireland favour Rafał Trzaskowski with 77% of the vote, while domestically Duda wins decisively outside the major cities. Trzaskowski concedes defeat, although the opposition mounts some election protests while acknowledging any issues weren't material to the result, and an Osfemcham court delivers his verdict in the 2017 Beate Shidwo motorcade car accident case. Just after 9pm, 8pm Irish time, on Sunday evening, the Ipsos exit poll on the second and decisive round of the presidential election flashed on television screens. It showed incumbent president Andre Duda, the projected winner, with 50.4% of the vote, compared to 49.6% for Warszawa Mayor Rafał Trzaskowski. Even though the 0.8% margin was within the poll's 2% margin of error, judging by the exit poll results from the first round two weeks earlier, which had marginally underestimated support for Andrzej Duda, the Prawo i Sprawiedliwość-backed candidate looked well-placed to win. Both candidates claimed victory on election night before their supporters, with Andre Duda giving a conciliatory speech in which he said that If anyone felt offended by my actions, please accept my apologies. His daughter Kinga also spoke on similar terms at the end of the bitter contest, calling for respect for everyone, irrespective of their political beliefs. Trotskowski told his supporters that he knew the result would be close, and it is, but predicted that the results would get better and better for their side. But they didn't. Later on election night, Ipsos updated their poll figures to give Duda a 50.8% vote share. The following day, Treskovsky conceded defeat once it became clear Andre Duda had an unassailable lead. In what could be called a backhanded compliment, he said that, may this term really be different. The final results announced by the National Electoral Commission gave President Duda 51.03% of the vote compared to 48.97% for Rafał Trzaskowski. The margin in actual votes was 422,385, with 10,440,648 votes cast for Duda and 10,018,263 for Trzaskowski. The turnout was a near record, but not quite. Turnout last Sunday, combining in-person and postal voting, was 68.18%, up from 64.51% in the first ballot. It was just short of the record turnout of 68.2%, recorded in the 1995 presidential contest second round between Lech Wałęsa and Alexander Kwasniewski. In the run-up to the vote, as the opinion polls continued to tighten, with some even giving Trzaskowski a slim lead, Duda made a direct appeal for support from voters across the whole spectrum of the Polish right, from the centre-right to the far-right. He said the current Zednechona Prawica government could be expanded to include the Polish People's Party and Kukish Pietnasce in the centre and Confederacja on the far-right. How practical that would be is an open question, but it was a clear attempt to extend an olive branch beyond the Prawo i Sprawiedliwość electorate. Last Thursday, prior to the vote, 
the Pravo Isprividivos chairman, Yaroslav Kaczynski, accused the foreign, and especially the German, media of interfering in the election. The comments came in light of the story in a German-owned tabloid about a controversial presidential pardon. Kaczynski said that an unusually brutal, very far-reaching intervention by the press took place. Let's not brush this aside. Pravo Isprividivost has repeatedly called for a reduction in foreign media ownership in Poland, but to date taken few steps to bring it about. In terms of Poland's 16 provinces, Duda actually won the most votes in just six. But where he did win, he won very well indeed, and in no province did his support fall below 40%. In Podkarpatskia, Duda won almost 71% of the vote. He took over 66% in Lubelskia. To look at the results in terms of the provincial map, as between Western and Eastern Poland, is to oversimplify matters. In general, irrespective of the region, Treskowski won the big cities and urban centres, while Duda won everywhere else. The result will come as both a huge relief and a morale boost for the Mateusz Morawiecki government, after what's been a difficult year politically for them, despite their victory in last autumn's general election. Had the result gone the other way, the very continuance in office of the government would have been in doubt. In all the circumstances, with the election delayed from May, the disruption of coronavirus and the near split with Porozumenia, it's a considerable personal achievement for Andrzej Duda to win a second term in office, and one which testifies to his strengths as a campaigner. As we've alluded to before in our previews of the poll, Duda has been consistently popular personally, outperforming the Pravo Isprividivos support base. That said, he would not have won without that support. The fact it turned out in such numbers points to Pravo Isprividivos's continued political success with the formula of maintaining a strong economy, even with the current challenges, more generous social programmes than on the platform of Vitelska, and the strong appeal to Polish patriotism. Rafał Trzaskowski, despite ultimately not making it all the way, is also a winner in establishing himself as a major political player and, figuratively speaking, rescuing the form of Vitelska's irons from the fire once he replaced Margozata Kadawa-Bwanska as their candidate. A big political future beyond Warszawa must surely await him. Interestingly though, there were reports that he was abandoned in the second round by some of his most liberal supporters on issues such as LGBT rights, who thought he'd gone a step too far in wooing more conservative voters, including by coming out against same-sex adoption. Once the official result was declared on Monday, there was a truncated period of three days, up until today, to make election protests to the Extraordinary Control and Public Affairs Chamber of the Supreme Court, claiming irregularities. The Truskowski campaign did so, and also encouraged individual complaints. They focused in particular on technical difficulties faced by overseas electors, most of whom only had the option of postal voting, and an alleged anti-Truskowski bias by public broadcaster TVP. However, despite the protests, the Truskowski campaign accepted the result overall in light of the clear margin of victory for Duda. So, what was the story with overseas electors, and especially those in Ireland? Well, here it was a very different story to that overall, with Rafał Truskowski winning a resounding victory among the Polish electorate in Ireland. Of 24,007 valid votes cast, 
he won 18,503, or 77%, compared to 5,504, or 23% for Andre Duda. Of the more than 29,000 polls living in Ireland who registered for the election, 24,141 returned ballot papers. Overall, Triskovsky won decisively among polls abroad, with 74% of the 415,951 valid overseas votes returned, although Duda did win among the Polish electorate in the United States. The international reaction to the result was along expected lines, with some congratulations to President Duda probably more sincerely felt than others. President Trump, who held a White House meeting with him just prior to the first ballot, tweeted warm congratulations, saying, Congratulations to my friend, President Andrzej Duda of Poland, on his historic re-election. Looking forward to continuing our important work together across many issues, including defence, trade, energy and telecommunications security. Similar sentiments were expressed by the Hungarian Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, while UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson also congratulated Duda on his re-election. Here, not surprisingly, given their previous editorial commentary on questions about the rule of law in Poland, the editorial writer for Monday's Irish Times wasn't happy. An article, which was to say the least, a quite extraordinary reflection on the outcome of a free and democratic election, in which the defeated candidate had accepted the result and congratulated his opponent, it said among other things that, quote, Andrzej Duda's victory will reinforce the country's authoritarian drift and prolong tensions with the European Union, and that, quote, the result is a demoralising reversal for those who hoped Poland could navigate its way out of the nightmare that has been peace rule. Sadly, at many stages in its history, Poland has experienced genuine nightmares. Whatever your stance in the cut and trust of political argument, it's a harsh judgment to say the least. The article concluded by saying that an election that could have offered Poland some respite after five bitter and tumultuous years has produced a result that will deepen the country's fissures and speed up its estrangement from the European mainstream. We'll move on. Andrzej Duda's chief of staff, Szysztof Sersky, said that following his victory, President Duda will concentrate on foreign relations as well as working with local authorities and parliamentary groups in Poland to address the country's most pressing problems, including COVID-19 and its economic impact. President Duda is reportedly planning an autumn visit to Italy and the Vatican, among the first overseas trips of his second term. In other news, last Thursday, a court in Oświęcim finally delivered its verdict in a controversial case arising from the February 2017 car accident involving a motorcade carrying the then Prime Minister Beate Szydło, finding the motorists involved guilty but imposing a minimal penalty. The case has been conditionally discontinued, with the motorists to pay 1,000 slotty compensation to Mrs Szydło and one of her security officers. The prosecution had wanted a one-year prison term. The court also ruled that the security officer driving the Prime Minister's car had violated the traffic regulations. This case will now be referred to the prosecutor's office. As of Wednesday morning, the total number of reported COVID-19 cases in Poland stood at 38,721, with 1,594 deaths being attributed to the virus. Of 264 new daily cases, 
90 were in the southern region of Silesia, where there's been a particular issue in the coal mines. On Tuesday, the European Commission approved, with some conditions attached, the planned merger of Poland's two largest fuel companies, PKN Orlen and Lotus. PKN Orlen is Poland's largest oil refining company, and the Lotus Group is the second largest. The CEO of PKN Orlen, Daniel Obajtek, claimed that the merger was necessary for the Polish economy as a whole, telling reporters that There is no room in Poland for two such concerns. We must develop and invest very quickly, and we cannot duplicate investments. The Commission had been concerned at the reduction in competition in the marketplace, but approved the merger with conditions. On Wednesday, the Presidents of Poland and Lithuania attended a commemorative event marking the 610th anniversary of the Battle of Grunwald. Taking place in 1410, it was one of the largest battles in medieval Europe. It saw Polish and Lithuanian forces defeat the Knights of the Teutonic Order. The two heads of state also held talks, centering on bilateral relations and regional cooperation. Lithuania's president, Gitanas Nausida, is the first foreign head of state to visit Poland since the start of the coronavirus crisis. The Polish and Lithuanian Prime Ministers also attended the ceremony, which took place at the site of the battle in present-day northern Poland. On Tuesday, Lithuanian Prime Minister Saulius Vernilis received one of Poland's highest state honours, the Grand Cross of the Order of Merit, for his contribution to strengthening bilateral relations. On Tuesday, the visiting US Secretary of the Army, Ryan McCarthy, held talks with Defence Minister Marius Bauschak in Warszawa. He was quoted as saying the US military presence would ensure democracy, freedom and respect for sovereignty. The visit came as a fresh round of US-Polish military exercises got underway in Drawsko, Pomorskia, northwestern Poland. 500 US troops are participating in an emergency deployment readiness exercise involving the deployment of an American armoured unit in Poland. The drills are the second phase of the multinational training exercise Defender Europe 20, which has been modified due to COVID-19. On Monday, events took place in Poland to mark the 20th anniversary of the death on July 13, 2000 of the legendary Second World War hero Jan Karski, who attempted to bring the Holocaust to the attention of the West. Ceremonies took place in both Warszawa and Łódź, Karski's birthplace. He was also the author of the books Story of a Secret State and The Great Powers in Poland, 1919-1945, from Versailles to Yalta. Karski moved to the United States after the war, becoming a US citizen in 1954 and working as a professor at Georgetown University. Toshevsku Natentijin, Zapraszam na kolejny podsumowanie Sachijin Otisame Proje. We do hope that you've enjoyed Herlorlandia's coverage of the presidential election. Irrespective of your political view, an exercise in democracy is always a wonderful thing. We certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. The Bronitz.